Welcome to Awakening Divine Wildness, hosted by inspirational speaker and best-selling author, Mal Duane. Mal invites you to embrace your divine wildness with powerful conversations with visionary women. Listen in and learn how to move from pain and heartache to forgiveness and freedom so you can live the life you deserve. I am delighted to have this week's guest. She's my kind of girl. Talks all about love and how we can find it regardless of our age. So it is so exciting to have Anne Wade, who's a coach, a teacher, an author, a cheerleader, and an instigator. Though she formally excelled at holding herself back, somehow still managing to achieve a lot, Anne now fearlessly explores life, love, gratitude, forgiveness, and creating a fulfilling life by design. She shares her discoveries through soulmate dance, light dancing. It's about hearing your music and getting into the flow without stepping on too many toes, including your own. The key, asking deeper questions than listening to and implementing the answers. Armed with a master's in education from Cambridge College and a diverse collection of certifications, Anne has served major industries, small businesses, nonprofits, and thousands of individuals. Welcome, Anne. Well, thank you. I am so delighted to be here. Oh, this is just wonderful. You know, you came highly recommended to me as a guest for the show. And then I went online and looked at what was happening uh, on your website and in your own life. And I said, ooh, yes, we got to have this girl on. So I I love to start with your love story because we're going to talk about love today. But I want to hear about your wonderful personal love story because I saw a fabulous picture on your website. And I said, we got to talk about this lady. <laughs> well, that's a favorite picture. Um, the wedding picture, making our getaway on my husband's um, white steed, which in his case happens to be a motorcycle. <laughs> um, you know, I think one of the things that's magical about that, we were in our, our mid-50s when we met. And uh, we both had been married before. We had children that we adored from those marriages. We had careers that were um, behind us in many ways. And we're kind of, I guess, footloose and fancy free and thinking, oh, you know, what what do we want next? And unbeknownst to each other, we were both saying, this time I want love. You know, and I think... Well, I'm a, two things. I think what we look for in love in midlife and beyond is different maybe from what we look for when we're 20, mm-hmm. except really the path to love is the same whether we're 18 or 88. We just, I'm not sure we realize that when we're 18 and, and 20, and maybe we're more ready for it with a little more life under our belt, so to speak. So, so. why do you think it's different? Um. I think when we're younger, we, well, I'll tell, I'll tell on me. Um, my first marriage was to my college boyfriend. When we graduated, everyone we knew either got married or broke up. 
we got married. And in hindsight, I really think that's about how much thought was put into it. You know, we'd been together and um, we got married. Now, we have wonderful children. Um, I don't regret that marriage. But at the same time, the longer we were together, the more we realized we, we just didn't really even want the same things. And it was becoming a little bit of a tug of war. And we had reached a point where we, one of us had to stop being ourselves, or we had to say, bless you. And let's, you know, let's go our separate ways. Um, and I stayed single for a very, very long time. Uh, ran my company, raised my children, uh, did all of those things. And, and I dated some, you know, but, I think once the girls had graduated college and were out on their own and um, uh, my younger one had actually gotten married, the older one was uh, with the man she would ultimately marry. Um, I think that was a time when I started thinking truly, what do I want now? And what do I want to do differently? And how do I, how do I want to look at love differently in a way that's more mutually beneficial and mutually nurturing, which um, I'm not sure my younger self gave that a lot of thought, really. And and I don't know, maybe we're all guilty of that. Maybe some have it together a lot sooner than I did. <laughs> but uh, like I said, unbeknownst to each other, Steve and I were kind of doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, how would, how would we approach that differently? And when I consciously gathered later, gathered what I was doing, it really amounted to a couple of things. And and this has been the crux of my work ever since. Yes, it's absolutely crucial to know what you're looking for. But I mean, in terms of qualities and characteristics and values, um, not so much what they look like or how much money they have or really even where they live. We didn't live in the same city. Um, But the person, the kind of person that you feel like you could nurture and be nurtured by. Mm. So getting just crystal clear clarity about what that looks like. Now, for me, a lot of people love vision boards. Words are my paint of choice, you know, I write to figure out what I'm thinking. I write to figure out what I want to do. Um, I write my way through and across. That's my bridge. So I started just writing like crazy, painting a picture of words with what this man and this relationship and and me, what it would all look like. It was beautiful. It was absolutely gorgeous. What I did differently, though, at that point, was I sat with that list and then I thought, huh, okay. So this person I've just painted a picture of, what's he looking for for himself? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, you think? Deep question. Powerful. It was very, and I mean, it was like light bulbs go off and angels sing and (laughs) the whole thing. And and it gave me goosebumps. I was like, oh, man, I, I, I've got to think about this. What would this person be looking for? And that was 
that was a little bit more of a challenge because first of all, you have to put yourself in the other person's shoes. You have to willing be willing to be completely vulnerable, you know, not impose what you wish they're looking for in, in any way. And so painted that second picture of what this person would look like. And then after that, it was like, okay, you know, put your big girl panties on. It's like, all right, I have to compare these lists. And there were areas, quite frankly, where I was not as good a match as I would have liked to have been. And that's a tipping point right there. You have a choice. You can do, well, there's really one of two things. You can say, okay, I, I'm actually going to change my list because I, I don't want to address that in myself or I like myself just the way I am or whatever that is. Or you can say, wow, I hadn't realized that. I want to grow in this direction. I want to grow the person um, who, who is match for that because ultimately that's going to build what, what I really want. And then and from there you just get to work. And I'm going to tell you, my husband and I had met casually months before, months before, uh, through mutual friends. You know, I thought he was, he's a good looking guy. He's a smart guy. He's a fun guy to talk to. He's like, oh, you're cool. Um, but within weeks, literally, of doing this deep dive, he asked me on a date. Ooh. I mean, it was like, love that there's like a cosmic it, thing going on in the background here, lady. I love it. Well, I did too. I'm sitting here. I mean, it was, it is, it felt very cosmic. So he invited me to lunch. Like I said, we didn't live in the same town. We lived about two hours apart. Um, he came to where I was. We met for lunch and roughly 10 hours later, the restaurant staff asked us very politely and very gently if we'd like to move on so they could close. Uh, talk about hitting it off. You know what? You did your homework. Women yeah. don't understand if you really want to attract love into your life, if you really want a partner, you've got to know what you want. You've got to do the work. You've got to be crystal clear. I have continually said to ladies I know, you spend more time picking out a pair of shoes or a new handbag than you do thinking about a man you would like in your life. Mm -hmm. You did the work. I did, but keep in mind, by the time I realized that this had to be done, I was in my 50s, and, and you don't have to wait that long. You know, there are a lot of people that wake up to this much younger, and you know, kudos to them, but it doesn't really matter. You can do this when you're 80 or 100. It's doing it is more important than when. That's what I love. This is ageless. The work that you're bringing forward to help women, you know, get love back in their lives through your work, the Soulmate Dance, has no age cap. No. None no your, your, love, your, your website says live, love, and thrive yes. at any age. At any age, yes. That's it. That's really what women deserve. They deserve to have love. They deserve to feel love. They, they deserve to have a partner if they choose to have one. And by just doing some work and getting clear, 
You can manifest it. You can attract it. Look at you met this man before and then bingo. All yeah. of a sudden he asked you out for lunch. And then out of the blue. It's like, oh, wow. <laughs> that is divine. So take us into this juicy process of soulmate dance. Well, I have to take you back first to where this this exploration of soulmates actually started way before he and I met, but it plays into that first meeting, okay, or that first date, I should say. So when I was eight years old, um, I had a, a vision or a dream, or a, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter what, what you call it, what you name that thing, but in it, um, this, this beautiful being, um, among other things, said, and you are here, here in this life, to learn and live unconditional love, to learn and live loving the unlovable, all starting with yourself. Well, I'm eight. <laughs> you know? um, but, but he went on to say, and you will meet a brother who is not a brother, but who will be your soul's mate. Plural, two words. I mean, not plural, possessive, two words. Souls mate. Um, and if I'm very honest, I, I was eight. It was like, oh, what was that? <laughs> you know. But I said, I married my husband sort of just because that's what you did, my first husband. But then after we divorced, it was more like this quest. Who are our soulmates? Who is my soulmate? What are soulmates all about? And and I jokingly compare myself to the children's book, Are You My Mother? I don't know if you remember that one, but it's a sweet, sweet book. And but I was like more like, Are you my soulmate? Are you my soulmate? Could you be my soulmate? <laughs> you know, when I'd meet somebody. And 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 I'm not sure that led to the absolute best dating choices, if you want to know the truth. Um, when Steve and I met for that first date, he made sure to get to the restaurant first, right? And he, everybody in the restaurant was in on this, that this was our first date. And I walked in and, and, and there was this like tingly energy. It was like, what's going on here? walked around the corner. They had already alerted him that I was here. He stood up in, in the booth in the restaurant, and it was like my little heart just went, oh, it's you. It's you. So there, there, there was this electric moment. But all through, all through my lifetime, there had been this sort of fuzzy in the background exploration of soulmates, okay? Once Steve and I actually met, that connection just, it just went berserk. It was just like, wow. And probably, probably on our second or third date, we went to an art museum. We went to see, there was a visiting show, the Hudson River Collection. Beautiful. And several times people walked up to us and went, you, you too, what is this? You are, you, even when you're not touching we're seeing something. What is going on? And we just looked at each other and went, huh? <laughs> oh, my God. And, and so then that was when I, I, I told him, after we were married, 
Um, he said, if you could do anything right now, what would it be? And I said, I want to take a deep dive into this. What is this soulmate thing all about? I want to write about it. I want, I'm a research junkie. It's like, I want to research it. I want to write about it. I want to meditate on it. I want to, I, I want to go there. He's like, go. And Tell us, what is a soulmate? Well, a soulmate is anybody. Actually, you and I are now soulmates because we have crossed paths. We have touched each other. But there's so many different kinds. They're not all romantic. That's that's a complete misconception. I firmly believe everyone we encounter is a soulmate. We're like in this great cosmic game of pinball. And that that every touch does something. So we can have soulmates who are friends. We can have soulmates who are family. We can ha- we have soulmates who are what I call sandpaper people. And those are those people who rub us completely wrong. Ultimately, they bring out our beauty, our patina, just like sandpaper does on good wood. Um, your pets can be your soulmates. It's any being that touches our lives. And even within the romantic and dating realm, they can, they can take on a, a number of different personas. There are those who are more based in ego. I like the way you make me look. I like the way I look on your arm. I like being able to say you work here and make this much money. I like the car you drive or the house you live in. Those are, those are more ego-based. Um, there are some that are more companion-based. And, and you hear that in people who say, well, I married my best friend and we're still best friends. There's always that companionship that's at the core. Um, and then, and it can go from there. There are there are some that, are, that where the romance starts and the companionship grows. The I the, the thing is, soulmates are not one dimensional. You can't put them in little boxes because they're all sort of speeding us on our way. And and that actually, once I kind of got into it, it's like this tracks perfectly with what I happen to believe um, about human life. And we hear a lot of people say, I don't have a purpose. I don't have a mission. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what my mission is. I say, au contraire. We actually, I believe, we all have the same purpose, the same mission, and that is to love and be loved and return to the love that we came from. What is unique is how we choose to express that in this lifetime. But we all have the same purpose. And so that brings us right back to soulmates. All of these people are helping us express ourselves. I have always thought that a soulmate also was someone that comes into our life to help us heal old patterns, old wounds, to help us expand our soul. So in a way, they're like a teacher. They're, they, they're um, teaching us lessons we need to learn so that we can clear ourselves more energetically mm-hmm. as we return to where we came from, which is home, basically. If, yeah. if you do A Course in Miracles or anything like that, we're 
we're really divine beings having a human experience and we're going to go back go back to being a divine being exactly. so that that was always my interpretation of a soulmate but i love this idea that anybody that touches your life yes well think about it anybody who touches your life is teaching you in some way they're offering yes. you some little nugget in some way and that's that's teaching and the lessons are can be very painful. I mean, that's part of the deal. They absolutely can, but that's okay. That's okay. We can, again, we have choices. We, I don't think you can escape human life without having some painful lessons. So we can choose to dwell on the pain or magnify the lesson in how we live from that point forward. And, and, and yes, that's easier said than done, but I think it is a clear choice. How would you sum it up? If you had to give women just a nugget, really like a laser shot of coaching, what would it be to get them started on this path of the soulmate dance? Um, well, First of all, I would tell them, start here. Love is looking for you. Are you ready to be found? <laughs> ready. It's there. And then really, the, I, I, I believe that, that that simple process really boils down for me for four questions. So dig into these four questions. What do you want? What does the person you describe want for himself or herself, if you happen to do it, whatever? Are you a match? What do you want to do with where you're not a match? And then get to work. That's it. In a nutshell, that is, that's it right there. Fabulous. You are so generous, Anne. You have a wonderful free offer for the audience that you're, you've got on your website. It's called the Free Love Starter Kit. I want you to tell us all about it and where they can find it. Well, it's on Soulmate Dance. And actually, it's a very pretty graphic of what I just said. You know, the, the questions, those four questions, and then some hints and um, a little bit more information about what they each mean. But it's simple. It's just this one page. Here's your starter kit. You know, free love was a big thing back when I was young. Well, Love is free. You, you just have to step up to it. And and it's, it's really the Rumi. It's like the Rumi quote. He said, we don't go seeking for love. We seek within for our own barriers, preventing love. And for me, this has been a good way to find those barriers and deal with them. So through the questions. Through these four questions, yes, yes. Women who've been hurt deeply, which is why I wrote my latest book. I met so many women on my own journey of trying to heal from betrayal mm -hmm. that when I met these women that were consumed with anger, resentment, they some had developed cancer. Some, some had just given up on life and swore they'd never love again. They had built such barriers that were holding them back from enjoying life again and experiencing love. I said, this is, this is more tragic than what happened to them. Initially, 
they, you know, there's got to be something, a better way to do this. And I said, once I figure that out, I'm going to write about it. And you just, you know, you just hit it the nail on the head. Don't, don't pursue love. Look at what's keeping you from it, from feeling it, from enjoying it. When it, because men pop up in women's lives, they're ready, willing, and able. And the woman is like, oh my God, I didn't do this. Oh, you know, and, and push and push away. Mm-hmm. So, and then they wonder, like, what happens? You've got to figure out what your barriers are. That's right. We, when we're hurt in any way, but certainly in love, our, our nature reaction is to build a force field around ourselves. We protect ourselves. Um, and that serves a purpose perhaps in the moment, but then we carry that force field like a burden from that point forward. And ultimately, that force field gets thicker and thicker and thicker until we are blinded. We literally can't see beyond it. And the tragic effect of that is the perfect guy for you could be standing right in front of you, interested in you, chatting with you, and you'd be going, there are no good ones left in the world. And that's on you. That's why this is an inside job. I have always, in, in every class that I teach, every time I speak with women, I say, look at our whole experience starts from within about love, success, everything. It starts here. Stop mm-hmm. running around looking for a solution out there. You're not going to find it. It's not the right dress. It's not the right car. It's, it's not going to be the right man that's going to, you know, make you feel like, you know, you're happy, truly happy with your life. It's, it's not about finding things. It's about coming from inside and then living on the outside. And that's when you attract what you're really meant to have. I, I so agree. And just to build on what you just said, it's not about finding something. It's about allowing yourself to be found. Yes. Opposites. Absolute opposites. And we have to have that turnaround if we're serious about wanting love, and, and I don't, again, not just romantic love, friendship, your family, your colleagues, whoever it is, we can have loving relationships all through life if we are willing to. Love it. And thank you, girl. You, I, you lit up, lady. I just love it. You know, I, I can tell that. Life is treating you very well. That is wonderful. We are, you know, we're meant to be happy. Yes. This is beautiful, beautiful. And again, just your website is? Soulmatedance.com. Great. And they can get a wonderful free love starter kit. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. This has been wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Awakening Divine Wildness. Be sure to visit brokenopen-book.com to get a copy of Mal's new best-selling book, Broken Open, Embracing Heartbreak and Betrayal as Gateways to Unconditional Love. And for a limited time, you can get over 40 transformational gifts from Mal's launch partners. Claim all of this goodness 
at brokenopen-book.com.